0: Welcome back, folks. This is Mark Steiner right here on the Mark Steiner Show and your source for cool jazz and more, W-E-A-A, 88.9 FM, the voice of the community. And this is a special edition of Soundbites, our we look at the environment, food, energy, uh, and more. And uh, we are leading, as we have been for the last couple of weeks, up to the Climate March this Saturday. And we'll be with four incredibly interesting artists uh, uh, to talk about Seeds of Rage as we lead up to this Saturday. And we'll meet them in a moment. On the way there, I want to remind you that conversations like this are brought to you by the Maryland State Education Association. From limiting over-testing to protecting public school funding, you can learn more about the issues facing Maryland students, parents, and schools by visiting the Maryland State Education Association's website at MarylandEducators.org. That's MarylandEducators.org. And we're here now with Megan Buster. Hi. Megan, a.k.a. Ducky Dynamo.
1: You got it. Who's a touring <laughs> DJ, curator,
0: and creative and consultant, former Maryland team leader, and forecaster for Foots Forecast. She is actually a meteorologist. A little bit. A little bit.
1: Just a little, just a tad. Well, that's more than most of us. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Valeska Papoulis in the studio as well. Valeska is a teacher, artist, cultural organizer who's been collaborating with a number of other artists to support a series of art builds at Black Cherry Puppet Theater. Uh, in the week leading up to the march and good to have you in the studio good to see Hi. you thanks for being here and akia brown's with us she's an organizer for the ends as well and it's a micah student arts um, a micah community arts student who does as i've witnessed online incredible photography uh, and more good to have you in the studio akia
2: thank you good to be here
0: and torian montez chief is with us she is or- and also an organizer a ub student and artist whose video I just finished watching and was also blown away by that, the one you did last year. So welcome. Good to have you here. Thank
3: you. Glad to be
0: here. And you all can join us here at 410-319-8888. You can write to us here at talk at by email. You can tweet us at Mark Steiner, but do join in. So who begins? I mean, what, what's the origins of the Seeds of Rage? And can you give the listeners a broad sense of what you all are? Akiya looks like she's about to go. Go.
4: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, um, it started um, with Tori and I. um, We were working with our professor, Hugh, um, and he came to us asking if um, we'd be interested in working with him on this project. Um, He got a grant from the Town Creek Foundation, um, and it was really a grant focusing on bringing awareness to the Climate March um, and really trying to, bring Baltimore into the forefront, into the march. Um, And so Tori and I sort of got together, um, put together a call for entry, um, started looking for artists, um, went read through numerous proposals and um, we sort of picked a a wide variety of people we thought were really passionate about this project and um, then we came up with the collective.
0: So I mean, why? I mean, I'm curious. Before we get to go around the table here, in this whole collective here, why were you passionate about this project? What is it about this piece in the Climate Watch? We say is a, a, a point of full disclosure. Tom Creek is also one of our funders, has been for Sound bites for the last number of years. Um, and so, what what is the passion? For, you.
2: Um, for me personally, uh, my minor is sustainability and social practice, and a lot of my work revolves around displacement. Uh, my family is from New Orleans, and so experiencing Katrina um, was very difficult, and a, a lot of my work deals with still focusing on the effects of climate change. Um, and sort of looking at environmental racism. So I'm, I'm very interested in, in joining art with sustainability and climate change because the issues, they're not separate. Um, so I'm focused on on joining those issues together. If
0: you want to explore in the course of the hour more, and Torian, how about you?
2: Um, yeah, very similarly, I think I'm, I'm trying to tie
3: a lot of different issues together. And I think that, um, you know, the environment is something that we all share, um, you know country, people, however, there's no boundaries in terms of the environment. Um, But um, I think that uh, a lot of times it can, a lot of issues can be not seen as environmental issues um, like housing or water um, conditions, for example. And so I think bringing those kinds of issues um, into the direct conversation is important for me and thinking about jobs and, and green energy and that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I've, I've done organizing more on um, like criminal justice reform and that kind of thing. And again, yes, gentrification. Um, I'm originally from East LA and my neighborhood is being gentrified currently. So um, I think uh, I came into this with a lot uh, with um, a lot to learn really also. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, and just uh, you know, as I go, I'm I'm learning so much from everyone around me as well, and so um,
0: yeah. And Megan, Ducky, you. Hello. Both both your personalities.
1: Both of them today. <laughs> I'll speak from both voices. Right, speak from both voices. <laughs> yes. And
0: so, how did you get into this as well? Um, How's I that?
1: answered. I saw a few weeks ago, about a month ago now. Then I guess they put up the call for artists.
0: This is for Seeds of Rage. Is the Name of the whole project. Well, right?
1: that actually came after almost, and it okay. was all it. It's just kind of given our collective goals and values and basically what we can all bring to the table. We figured once they saw all the proposals and we had our first meeting together, it was like, we can kind of just do this as a group. And because we all have sort of the same idea and mentality towards climate and the environment and everything you know, from home and making sure that the ideals of the climate march are held true so it became an issue where not an issue, it was just the best mode option more or less to kind of form a, form a thing. So we, you know, kicked some ideas around and that is where Seas of Rage were born. It was essentially all of the grantees and people involved with this to come together and say we're just going to do this as a group and a unit and move forward. Um, but my uh, my interest in it I saw the call to artists go up, and as gleaned, I am a little bit of a meteorologist. So I have had a passion for the weather and forecasting and everything involving environment and climate since I could read. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Basically. So, this seeing somebody put out a call to basically merge what is art with. This issue, which is typically science-based and something that most people don't know anything about unless they hear it on the radio, you know, or watch the news or see it in a headline, to bring it together, also for a cause. Though I'm like, no, this is this is perfect because um, you're both
0: an artist and a scientist. Yes, <laughs> right.
1: One of uh, one of the rare, forbidden combination of, <laughs> <laughs> <It's a laughs> of a wonderful combination of, of things. Yeah. To, you know, the things to do and. Piping off of, again, kind of the themes that Akia mentioned, um, things like environmental racism, things like just the general injustices that go along with this. One of a, a passion of mine, it, what it grew to be, was getting information to everybody. Those of us who live in poorer communities or minority based communities and things like that generally are greatly underserved when it comes to information and understanding a lot of this. It just doesn't, you know, it it just doesn't get to us. So that's part of where me and the social media meteorologist-esque thing started to appear because I I started to realize about a decade ago, a little less, this is now the medium. You know, I'm holding my phone. Yes. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) This, I was going to say, social media, um, you know, texting, streams, how Twitter works. That's kind of the main way all of us get information now. So it's like this is where it became easier to convey this and speak in, a, speak in a tone and a tense that everybody, you know, then understands. All of this tying back into how can we make an event leading people towards the climate march, you know, it's like, well, I'll just do what I do all the time. I throw you know, I host events and throw events and help artists, you know, have their stage. I know how to put people in front of that. So it's like if we put everybody in front of that and make sure we cross the border of information and let them know, through these performances, you can express this information or at least disperse this information. So everybody who does come to any of our little events can therefore be planted with the knowledge that they need to take to move forward. And I conceptualized essentially that. Let's make an event and just put everybody in front of it and use that as a platform to move the rest of the information. And not even just specifically telling people about the climate march this Saturday, another important thing to me was just showing people how else you can help. Mm-hmm. because if you're anything like myself, I don't really like marches. I do not like <laughs> large groups of people, even though I stand in front of them and, and make them dance all the time. But <laughs> <agree>. you, <laughs> also, you
0: don't like large groups of people either?
2: No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's a wild
1: anxiety trigger for a lot of people. And yeah, yeah, and yeah, no, again, no I Especially understand. because this type yeah, of yeah. thing in this day and age specifically, it's so politically charged, and not all of these things have gone nicely. So there is a lot of... You know, hesitation and unwillingness to necessarily want to be a part of these types of things. But if all you hear about is marches, they uh, many people think that is the only thing to do. But so it's like, okay, well, this is what you can do. That's not the march. Right. You know, this is what you can do. That's not picketing and not you know protesting as kind of you know what all of anybody sees. There are other things that you can do just in your neighborhood, even if you're just spreading the word. So I kind of wanted to join the, the the program and grateful to be a grantee and put something on like that to maybe set a platform so other people can understand.
0: And, and Valeska, mm-hmm. with, with, uh, with Black Cherry Puppet Theater?
5: Yeah, so for, uh, just for context, I'm not a staff member of Black Cherry Puppet Theater, but I've been working with them for the last 15 years of living in Baltimore um, because they've been a really great venue and host for a lot of uh, cultural organizing work in the city, and the way that I got involved was that um, quite a few of us were already working with United Workers um, and with Free Your Voice over the last several years on the fight to stop the incinerator from being in built Bay. in Curtis Bay. Exactly. Right. right. And so quite a, quite a few people were already really mobilized around that work and about the larger issues of environmental injustice in the city of Baltimore and around development concerns that people have who gets to make decisions about what gets built and where and so there were a few of us that were already um, invested in that movement in that cause and the people's climate movement is a national coalition of groups that's working on mobilizing people broadly um, around climate justice and recognizing that climate justice means a commitment to the fights of um economic and racial justice as well. So when we were contacted by this kind of national coalition to do something here in Baltimore, our initial meeting was really focused on how do we represent the true and authentic issues that exist here in Baltimore at a national event? And as some people have already said, we recognize that while we are mobilizing people for a march, we're we're continuing to mobilize as part of a larger movement. And that the march just gives us an opportunity because there are some resources available, there's some attention on the march to connect with um, each other around these themes. Uh, One of the things that's been really grounding for us as we've been meeting as part of the people's climate movement here in Baltimore, is to look at the platform of the national coalition which really focuses on economic justice, specifically for marginalized communities and commu- frontline communities, people that are really affected by um, some of the economic disinvestment that's happened over the last several decades, um, and fossil fuel extraction um, and the impacts that that has had on marginalized communities. So that's a long way of saying that we were already sort of meeting and working together and knew that art making was going to be a really important part of our mobilizing because what we've learned over the last few years both working with united workers on the anti incinerator campaign and working on other issues in the city is that art builds are really great space for people to plug in and Megan talked a little bit about this that there are people that they might not know how to connect to an issue they might be curious they don't exactly know how to plug into an organizing network but arts can really be a different space for people to connect with those issues and, and that, so the art builds have been really critical for us in that way
0: I mean that's probably what I want to do want to explore because that's what the four of you really is this, what this is about is is uh, how art builds in this kind of world
3: mm-hmm.
0: to be part of the change and we're talking with four women from a collective the seeds of rage uh, that're leading up to climate March and beyond uh, and they're all four very different, artists in terms of the work that they do, doing really interesting work that we want to try to find some time to explore as well uh, and share with you and let you know online how you can see what they're doing. Uh, but let me open the phones first at 410-319- Oh, the callers are gone. They were tired of waiting for us, but <laughs> call back at 410-319-8888 and we'll get to your calls. Uh, you can also tweet us here at Mark Steiner or uh, you can just send us an email to show.org but Four one zero three one nine eighty eight eighty eight is the number. So that, let's talk about that for a moment. So I'm curious just how you see. You know, we we always take artists and we place art in this place by itself, um, or there may be artists who are involved in some social or political oops, excuse me social or political world. But this is this is like an integration. This is like actually taking art and saying uh, our art is a door, our art is a hammer, our art is a light and putting it out there right mm-hmm. i mean and that's this what we're seeing i mean i was thinking about the work that i was seeing this morning akia that you do mm-hmm. um and you wrestle with some very tough issues in your art mm-hmm. right whether it's the imagery of what happens to the black world and food mm-hmm. what happened to your family in katrina um i mean and, and very powerful stuff so i mean let's talk a bit about how kind of art opens this up how do you how do you see that working
2: Um, It's definitely uh, incredibly important. Um, For me, it was just a way to be able to communicate things that I was interested in, um, but in a way that was accessible to other people. And I think that's something that I'm always thinking about is accessibility, who has access to education and the knowledge and the tools to get this information. Um, And I feel that a lot of the communities that are at risk and are most heavily affected are the communities that know the least about what's happening to them. And I think um, that's where art comes in, where it allows people from all different backgrounds, all different social classes, economic backgrounds, racial backgrounds, um, all of those factors. It allows you to come together and you don't really have to focus on that. You can focus on the art and use the art as a way to um, be a, a tool of communication, and I think that's very important, is catering to these different communities and learning how you can most effectively communicate what you're trying to say.
0: So how does that play out? I mean, you all do so many different things. Your your, your artwork, in many ways, Megan, is verbal.
1: Verbal, sure. Audio. And, and audio, and, right? Yeah, and then even more... Physically based, you know. Um, what do you mean
0: physically based?
1: Well, we're dancing. You know, if you bring people together for, you know, a party, an event or a concert or something like that, generally speaking, you have a collection of moving bodies together in some form. And even if not, at, at that point in time, you're, wa- you're just watching a presentation. So kind of to piggyback off of what Akia was saying about finding the right platform, one of the cool things about this that I see in, I am using in this sense, a party is a form of art. You know, if you have an event and your your point is to give people a good time, you know, if you package this in a specific type of way and take it a specific type of way. No, this is an art project. It does become an art installation within what it is. But to me, art and activism or art and any issue, you know, they're cousins. It, it is the same thing. It's just more or less a language that one can use. So in this particular situation, if you are trying to raise awareness for something or in reach a group of people who you know don't really know anything about it or are more or less whether on their own or just circumstantially ignorant to certain things breaking that conversation for a really important issue might be hard you know anything politically driven is kind of a pressing issue and you may not be so easily be able to just go to someone and say hey you know want to talk about this new policy today blah 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 no one will know what you're talking about or you'll scare them but presenting something (laughs) presenting that to somebody through art it's essentially an icebreaker in itself because instead of you know giving you a docket of these are the new policies that's been written and we're waiting for somebody to sign it i can give you you know a a portfolio of you know photography from somewhere that's been blighted or somewhere that's been affected by a food desert or something like that and you watch you, you look at it you consume it as art and you feel something from it, and then somebody can say, okay, so this is the real-life con- um, connection to this. This is why this is so real. And so it kind of shifts the gaze of presenting this information to people in a way that it's easier for them to absorb it, more or less.
0: So uh, b- before we go to our poetry break here in a few minutes, um, I, I, I'm, I'm Tori I mean And so your work is in graphics and film, yes. right?
3: Um I mean, the graphics work is mainly um like creating posters for different organizations when they ne- when they're having an event coming up. or whip something together um and the videography stuff is kind of um recording different perspectives and stories and kind of I think you know controlling the narrative um versus like the media covering a protest. what if like I just have my camera and I interview people and I you know kind of just control things so that they're not um you know, swayed to to say a certain thing. Um, I mean, no, no matter what, it's going to be that. But <laughs> um, and I I don't know. Um, I think that uh, specifically with my work, um, documentary work, it's kind of just recording history. Um, there's like I feel like things change so fast, especially with gentrification and that kind of thing. That um, if you don't, then the next time you open your eyes, like. It's gone, like it's happening all around, especially mm-hmm. here in Baltimore, so,
0: um yeah. And so just before we jump back to, to, to Valeska, I, I, and as we kind of introduce what's about to happen next year, um, I want to remind you all that, that it's tomorrow night, right? Yes. At the Motor House from 6 to 10 p.m. April 26th, uh, which is at 120 West North Avenue. Uh This is when Seeds of Rage is gonna have an opening Am I right about this? You know like right? Yeah,
1: that's a good way to put that. Right, mm-hmm. and we'll
0: feature these artists, the much colors of are in this collective, and the work you're doing. So it'll be party puppets, mm-hmm. graphics, film, photographs, and more oh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: at tomorrow night from six to ten, uh, and it just be kind of a send off to the climate march, and also kind of a build up to the kind of world that we really want to see, uh, and uh, these. Uh, sisters here, of this collective will remain with us for the next half an hour on this program. And on our way to that, uh, we're going to we're going to go to an interesting component of this conversation we're having. And it's on our way to break. Uh, we're going to bring you a piece in collaboration with Split the Rock, which is a group that I worked with before out of D.C. A poetry collective. The poem is by Hayes Davis on climate change, and the piece is called Inundated, and you can hear more from Hayes and the other poets on Tuesday, April 25th from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Orleans branch of the Enoch Pre-Library, which is 1303 Orleans Street. Uh, so check that out. You can go to splitthisrock.org. So there's events tonight, tomorrow night. Uh, enjoy this poem, Inundated, by Hayes Davis.
4: Inundated, after watching Hurricane Katrina coverage on CNN. What tides move in him? At what watermark did survival instinct kick in? How much water is too high for waiting? At what pitch of a baby's cry does the father think diapers, food, instead of too deep, too much wind? On film, his trudge out of the French Quarter Walgreens will be labeled looting. His visage, gait, indistinguishable to the casual viewer from people clutching stereos, sneakers, alcohol, any item the newsroom seems to suggest black people grab first. But look closely. See Huggies under his right arm, gallon of milk gripped in his left hand. Who can know his story? Who wouldn't grab a 12-pack if the bad day that sends you to scotch on a Tuesday were strung together for months, for lifetimes? If what a teenager makes working a summer job had to feed a family? If health care, a house, were fleeting dreams, so look, again, he carries milk with the huggies, and he's black, and he might not have made it home, but you probably wouldn't have heard if he didn't, so call him father or husband, maybe Larry, or Junior, handsome, thoughtful, drenched, scared, but not looter.
0: Welcome back, folks. This is Mark Steiner, and on our way back to our conversation, I remind you, in honor of the centennial celebration of her life, we are honoring Ella all day long today. Tune in to hear your favorite Ella Fitzgerald tunes, as well as artists inspired by her artistry. It's Ella All Day Long right here on your source for cool jazz and more, W-E-A-A, 88.9 FM, the voice of the community. And uh, if you love Ella, stay with us. So I want to remind you all this. what we're having here is a conversation leading up to the People's Climate March, this Saturday, April 29th. What you just heard before we went to break was our collaboration with Split the Rock, uh, and, we, and we brought you a poem by Hayes Davis. His poem "Inundated" and Hayes, and Other poets, uh, at "Who Owns the Earth?" Climate Justice Poetry Reading on Tuesday, April twenty fifth, six to eight p.m. will take place at the Orleans Branch of the Enoch Pratt Library, which is at thirteen oh three Orleans Street, right on the corner of Orleans and not Broadway. yeah, and Broadway, right there. Uh, and uh, you can um, uh, can check that out. More information at uh, splitthisrock.org. And as well, we are partnering here with the folks in this room. Uh, who are part of uh, the uh, – the, also leading up to the to the event coming up on Saturday, Climate March on Saturday, the event they're working on uh, in their collective. Uh, it will be tomorrow night, April 26th, 6 to 10 p.m. at the Motor House at 120 West North Avenue, Seeds of Rage. And the three women here with us, Torian Montes who is one of the organizers of the event from the beginning uh, and a UB student and artist a uh, filmmaker and a graphic artist, Akia Brown, also an organizer of the event, A uh, Micah Art, a community art student who is a photographer and a cinematographer as well, is in studio with us, Feliska Papula is with us, a teacher, artist, and cultural organizer uh, who has been collaborating with a number of other artists to support a series of art builds uh, at Black, Pup- Black Cherry Puppet Theater leading up to the march, and they'll also be at the march doing their work, which we'll hear about, and Megan Buster, uh, known also as Ducky Dynamo, on the stage, she's a touring DJ, curator, and creative consultant, former Maryland team leader and forecaster for Foots Forecast, and a social media meteorologist. Brings the world of science and art together in her life and work. And you all can join us here at 410-319-8888. Write so here at by email. You can also tweet us at Mark Steiner. So let me just so – I, I mentioned it as we came into this, Velasca. So what are you doing on, to the March Society? And what's are the theater doing?
5: We have been supporting a number of art builds that... Um, Wait, uh, can we
0: stop for one second?
5: Sure. Let,
0: for our listeners, uh, make, we make assumptions. What do we even mean by art builds? Yeah, I can, <laughs> I'm glad to describe right. that.
5: Sure. So um, an art build is basically just creating a space, holding a space for people to come, making materials available for people, making, um, supporting the making of art that communicates... Uh, their concerns about a particular issue, in this instance, climate and climate justice. So um, one of the things that we've just been talking about around the table is this idea of art as a potent form of communication, a different form of communication, and certainly I strongly believe in that because we're making signs and banners. But one of the things that I also just wanted to reflect on since we're sitting around the table is that the process of making can be equally powerful Um, and critical, um, particularly in the context of movement building, and I think that's why we really wanted to have art builds. Yes, we're making things for the march, but in the larger scheme of things what we are creating is a space for people to gather in an informal context, to be working on things together, to be having conversations while they're painting, while they're eating some food that we've provided for them. And that is really critical. I've seen that over the years. I'm sure that I see people nodding their heads around the table. That is really one of the most valuable things um, about an art builder, creating space for people to come together. And so, one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about is that in our more traditional idea of the artist, the artist is this sole author of their artwork. And again, the people around the table are nodding their heads because I think that we're feel, we feel very motivated by the idea of being a collaborator with people in communities and thinking about what we can bring to the table to amplify voices, to bring form to people's stories. And I think that's, again, what we're doing at Black Cherry Puppet Theater this week. We have been, meeting for six weeks. We listen to people's concerns. Um, Climate can be very alienating of a topic for people. It doesn't resonate with them. It doesn't feel like what's climate like I'm dealing with unemployment in my community. I'm dealing with Mm -hmm. criminal justice issues in my community. Why should I care about the climate? And so for six weeks, we really have been meeting to talk about what is so how do we then talk to folks about these issues? And what is the message we're going to bring down to D.C.? And we wanted to really be true to the concerns of our community. So I wanted to share one example of how these art builds have really facilitated, facilitated that. Sure, um, We have an organizer working on the east side and in Highland Town, uh, organizing to kind of educate people about the Climate March, uh, reaching out to folks that we have tickets available for buses to go down to the Climate March. And she's a mother, and she's a mother of two asthmatic children. And she was at the art build last night. We had a meeting down at Black Cherry. And because we've been having these conversations, one thing that we really heard was that the issue of asthma is something that really resonates with a lot of people here. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our coalition members are either sufferers of asthma or they have children that suffer from asthma. And so having conversations with folks about how something like the Bresco incinerator Mm -hmm. and where the material that is spewed from that smokestack ends up in the city, which communities it settles on, which children are affected by asthma most in the city. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, being educated about the fact that asthma is the number one cause of school absenteeism in Baltimore, Angela, when she was at the meeting last night, was so excited to see that there was a sign that said that specific fact, that asthma is the number one cause of of children missing school in Baltimore. And she felt really represented by that. And so one of the things that we're really trying to do is, again, listen to the stories that people bring into our meetings and bringing our skills as artists, the the kind of experiences that we have with making things and lifting those stories up and inviting people in to participate in the making. So for us, really, again, it's not just about the march. It's about making signs, making banners that have a life way beyond there. Because if we just make a bunch of banners that get put in a dumpster at the end of Saturday night, then we didn't, then why don't we use all those resources? So right. that, that
0: begs a bunch of questions here. And I think the climate march is important. I think what happened last week with the science march was important. Mm-hmm. And that was a, and, and, and I think especially since many of the People who spoke at the science march were people of color, which is something um, black folks, Latinos, Asian people, Latinos from all over the country were speaking at their rally as scientists and science activists, which I think was critical for lots of reasons. Mm-hmm. And this climate march, I think, is important um, as well. So how do you take it beyond that? I was thinking about mm-hmm. what you were saying earlier, Kia, uh, Well, I was asking you about your work and out of New Orleans and mm-hmm. your family coming from Louisiana and also from Columbus, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have family who suffered what they suffered as they did directly in the onslaught of that and what happened to the black community uh, in Louisiana and Katrina, taking that beyond the news story Making it real, but also make connecting that to the real stuff that you were just talking about Leslie everybody else was talking about to people's daily lives here and how you make that tie that into climate change as not some kind of abstract notion, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. As something just very real. How you do that as an artist?
2: Yeah, I think um, it, it's very important for you to first examine your life and um, you know just assess what's going wrong in your life and sort of try and figure out what was the cause. And I think a lot of that started because uh, the type of person I am, I want to know why something happens. Um, I'm not okay with just, you know, something happens and that's just, you know, how it is. Um, I've always been very interested in figuring out what the cause is so I can prevent something else from happening. And Uh I think that is incredibly important, especially with my work. um, I'm trying to sort of figure out how to connect it to other people at the same time. Um, And I think a part of that is really assessing your community um, and looking at different factors that you might not have before contributed to climate change. But when you now have the the knowledge, um, you can start making those connections. Because for a long time, I did not look at Katrina as something that was connected to climate change. Um, Really? Yeah, and it's only been about a year or two um, of doing in-depth work on this series where I started looking at Katrina, Hurricane Sandy, all of that as something that is an effect of climate change. Um, And you look at people who have lost jobs, people who are experiencing physical illnesses, mental illnesses, mm-hmm. um, and that's something that isn't really discussed in many black communities. Mm-hmm. Um, or Latino communities, Asian communities, it's, it's not discussed. Um, and so the pathway to, to discovery and the connection of climate change is very difficult for a lot of people. So,
0: so this is kind of a personal question, I'm just curious what you just said. And that makes sense actually, because when Katrina, had, when, it was like 2005, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that was 17 years ago. Yeah. So you were, like a ba- you were like five or six years old. I
2: was eight. You were eight, whatever yes. that was, right? right? <laughs> so, so
0: the relation, and you were living there then?
2: I was here. You was here yeah. then,
0: but your family was there then, mm-hmm. part of your family.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, so that affects you in a very different way as a child than it would as a young woman kind of now analyzing what happened then in a personal way. Yeah,
2: definitely. Right? And and that's sort of um where the direction has gone because for a long time it was just something that happened. My my grandparents um came here and moved with us and I remember going uh-huh. back home with my grandmother and um, things were very different, and about a year after my great grandmother passed away, and um, I had actually interviewed my grandmother last year because um, we had never talked about Katrina before, um, and that was the first time that I'd ever seen her cry. Is when she talked about Katrina, wow. and she told me she thought that her mother, my great grandmother, died because of Katrina because she'd never left, um, and that and that's the the situation. For a lot of people, a lot of people had never left New Orleans, and that's the same here in Baltimore. A lot of people have never left the city limits. Um, You know, even their neighborhoods. People from the west side have never been to the east side. People
0: hardly even leave their four block area. Yeah. Or 10, whatever that number is. Yeah. So it became
2: figuring out how to to deal with that displacement.
0: Hmm. And then you were talking about East LA where you grew up, Mm -hmm. and that's another community. That's been devastated by environmental issues and now gentrification moving latino and other people out of the community
3: right um yeah, it's definitely definitely an issue um uh but going back to what you were talking about earlier um and the role of the artists maybe in this in this movement, I think artists um i mean myself, I consider myself like a creative problem solver like uh, the in the you know most basic sense and so I think um, right now, going back also to like these issues and like Akia, you were saying like trying to find the problem, like looking, mm-hmm. kind of working backwards. If we all start doing that, we kind of realize that a lot of our problems have the same denominator. Um, and so I think, with, I, I also work with Out for Justice, which is um, yeah. A, yeah, um, a group of um, a returning citizens uh, collective who- Women. Um, not all women M- mostly women a lot woman on the forefront, for right, sure, right, but right. there 's a lot of men um, and um, and we recently had an an event called United for Justice, where we had people from um, a lot of different um, ends of the social justice spectrum come together and um, go to Annapolis to talk to um, our our representatives about. Um, these issues. And, you know, something like criminal justice doesn't, it it indirectly affects me. I'm not black. I'm a person of color, but I'm not, um, you know, uh, like, looked at in the same way as a black man walking down the street. Um, And so for me to go to a senator and say, like, this is something that I think is a serious issue, and I want to see you take a stance on it. I think if we all start doing that, some, uh, and, you know, people, like, who you wouldn't expect to show up for these types of things. Um, I think that's what I see the most potential in through all of this, and that's been a a huge point um, at the People's Climate March meetings is how how do we sustain ourselves past the march? How how are we building a network that um, we can you know, call upon when we have something um, coming up. Like, are people who show up only for Climate March? Are they going to show up for Black Lives Matters protests? Are people who, f- uh, and, you know, vice versa. And so I think that's where I see the the role of artists really, um, for me, is just, like, trying to, to, to illustrate these connections also um, in mm-hmm. a way that is accessible.
0: So, I mean, it... it uh, uh. There's so much here and a little bit of time we have left, so <laughs> I may just take a step backwards just a moment, mm-hmm. just in terms of what's happening tomorrow night, what is happening tomorrow night? if people are going to come and be involved what would what will they be doing? what will they be feeling and seeing at the motor house tomorrow night? okay,
1: so mm-hmm. should you choose to make the wonderful wonderful decision to join us tomorrow at motor house um what you'll have is a couple of things primarily, you have an artist showcase, an artist of all kinds we have Rappers, singers, a band, poets, and that's covering everything on the audio end. Um, We might have dancers, we have graphic production displays going on, and of course, we have everything from the puppeteers and the art builds and the other grantees um, who won the award. So, we have photographers as well, showcasing what they have to offer. Most of it climate related as well, and most of it Baltimore based too. We wanted to keep the majority of the artists you know, being from here as we wanted to make it so that it is our presence and representation in d c we'll also have um hmm. there's a few organizations around who are in support um the Baltimore city green Party supposed to be coming and hang out with us um I might round up for foots uh, for forecast to come too, but just other entities in the area who support, and it's essentially not only come see our art, but be with like-minded people who are sharing, again, the values of what this is. So it is also a networking and collaborative event. So come meet the other artists, come meet other organizers, anything, and just kind of see we all have a gift to offer. So come see that and come enjoy that, but also get information on what we're really here and what we're really talking about. Also present will be members of the Baltimore People's Climate Organization, and they'll have information about transportation to and from the event, where different meetups are, where everybody else will be, you know, basically pulling all the ties together. So this is kind of a cool kickoff party, kinda if you're gonna be a part of the event on Saturday, come through first tomorrow night, get some pizza, hear some music, take some pictures, you know, all of that, and just have a good time. And this is one of the things Velasquez mentioned earlier about kinda tying these together one of the important aspects of it is the community and it is the building of the room because there is something therapeutic in that. These are heavy issues and there are some of us who are aware of the gravity of the issues and it is a heavy thing, but it's easier to grasp and put your mind around handling these issues and forming these issues if you're doing it with a friend. If you're coloring a poster, you know, or putting together some sort of craft that is about this, while you're doing that, you are sharing information and knowledge and you know, just the companionship. And that's one of the first focuses of any movement. You cannot build a movement without a platform. You cannot build a movement without a community to sustain. it. And art gathering, things like that, and again, even parties, even concerts, spoken words, and just displays of you know gallery work period is a, fin- a pinnacle point in bringing people together first. So to us, it was like, let's just start here. Let's bring everybody together for a good time, show off the great things we do, most of that, also, like I said, will be related to the science, the climate, the the actual issues about what we're describing. So again, it can bridge the gap for those who are unfamiliar, and then see from there. We'll all carpool down on Saturday, and make everybody's a going in the on Saturday to the climate march. Oh yeah, More likely. It'll right. be hot. Your weather report for this weekend is is, <laughs> It's going to be hot, right? <laughs> yes. Um, the current nasty weather outside is How on fitting. its way out. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. How fitting, exactly. Right. Right. It is on its way out. So by the end of the week, we are going to see temperatures closer to ninety degrees and sunny wow. a little bit. So it's so dress appropriately. Yeah, dress appropriately, hydrate <laughs> responsibly, all that. But it should be a you know it should be a good time, not wet or anything. So definitely a decent time to see everything that everyone's you know bringing together and have a good turnout.
0: So what will you all be doing specifically there on Saturday? Do you have things you're going to be doing very specifically in terms of your artwork and things? Velasquez, you can start by going around the room.
5: Yeah, I mean, we're going to bring the signs that we've been making as part of the art builds. Um, We also have a number of sort of large-scale puppets that we made um, collaboratively for Maryland working families that have come out to kind of Give visual form to the idea of you know people over profits, um, the importance of kind of focusing on people power. So um, we are also building a. <laughs> incinerator puppet that will have a banner coming out of it. Um, Because I mean, I think one of the reasons I wanted to bring that up in particular is because again, it's your question mark about what happens after the march? How's the art going to live beyond the march? The incinerator puppet that will have a banner that will say that burning trash is not clean energy, environmental racism is toxic, Mm -hmm. is to kind of we're going to be continuing to use that because one thing that I think is really important is that climate may not seem like a pressing issue. But as some of you around the uh, you know your audience may know, in, currently in Maryland, burning trash is a tier one renewable. It is classified along with solar and wind. A lot Which of people don't realize that. Right. So there's right. a lot of incentives for people to continue burning trash. and burning trash in Baltimore results in a lot of health problems mm-hmm. that mostly affect already affected communities, mm-hmm. in the, especially in the south and south um, west of our city because of where they're located, because of the wind patterns. So one of the things that we really want to draw attention to through the art making and through our march in D.C. on Saturday is also to our fellow marchers who are maybe focused on environmental issues but aren't thinking about the environmental justice aspect. So if you're advocating for more jobs... For, you know, that employ renewable energy, think about what is being considered as a renewable energy right now in the mm-hmm. state of Maryland. Join us in the fight to stop incineration from being considered a renewable. It is toxic and it is unjust to people in our city. And so that is one of the ways that we're going to be activating the art making on Saturday to kind of communicate that message loud and clear. And it will come back to Baltimore and continue to be in the streets until that is taken care of.
0: That's very cool. Are you all doing a special at the match as well? Like um, yes,
2: here? yes, I will um, be distributing zines. Um, so uh, a recent project I've been doing was inspired by an um, English photographer, Ingrid Pollard, um, and she did an amazing series back in the 70s um, documenting like her and a bunch of black friends and they went out to um, a lot of natural forest reserves in England, and um, she just documented that experience, which um, I'm sort of recreating. Um, I'm very passionate about getting people of color back to um, that connection with nature, um, and I feel like that's something that has sort of been stripped away, um, and so I'm, I'm definitely focused on connecting with people and distributing that. Um, the climate movement definitely has a white face, um, mm-hmm. which I think it definitely prohibits a lot of people of color from getting involved. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm really focused on trying to reverse that since they're the main communities that are impacted first. Mm-hmm. So that zine will sort of be tackling that.
0: Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Uh, what are you presenting?
2: I will be recording
3: video interviews. Um, I, I think it will be a really interesting event. I saw an event on Facebook yesterday that was like Republicans mm-hmm. cr- meet up for the climate march so <laughs> I and that's just like the tip of the iceberg so I think there will be a lot of you know opposition probably as well and so I'm just going to be kind of recording things and um collecting stories and seeing you know connecting the the issues and
2: and and Tori patterns. and I are going to be continuing this doing a little bit of a documentary. So. Mm -hmm. coming out of the march, coming out of the march, um, the temperature rising movement, everything leading up to and afterwards. So we definitely want to get as many testimonials as we can. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: that's very cool. So this this is it's it's pretty amazing here. The stuff that's going to be that you all are going to. This is this is this is more than just about a march.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely, Absolutely.
0: for all of you. Yes, absolutely. So is this collective keep on being on some level after the march?
2: Yeah, we, we sort of established it. Before Tori and I actually met everyone, um, when we were jurying, we sort of already came up with the idea of a temporary collective. Mm-hmm. And then um, when we met, everyone sort of just said that before we even brought it up. Yep. And so it just seemed like the natural thing to do. Um, it's It's not set in stone but we're definitely you know going to continue working together Mm -hmm. um and are interested in working with other people as well that's why
1: i think um one of the cool things about tomorrow like you said this is kind of a kickoff thing um it seems like yes we do have this temporary collective that will probably end up maybe not so temporary (laughs) and it's one of those things where this is you know tomorrow it is like a show-off party so to speak and (laughs) in my head it would seem as though you know people who came through and were supportive and would see what it was it's almost like a recruiting call because from Mm -hmm. there we can you know we will reach out and make contacts and people who are interested in you know what we're trying you know to do and talk about and support i'm certain there will be enough Mm -hmm. people who are like no this is something that's important and this is something that we can actually maybe regularly do things <laughs> you know just <laughs> yeah. anything so it's it's in my hopes that usually this will be a good jumping off platform the climate march in itself to be able to reach out and make different connections and build the collective so to speak and be able to have something sustainable in baltimore that is sort of on the artist front or at least artist pushed that still reaches our communities though and that is something that is local and special to hear Baltimore specifically because while there are many groups that do many things in their own it doesn't seem so much there is one that covers the huge expanse of different artistry that we have here and combining that then with people who are behind these sort of ideals and trying to bring this information back to our homes.
0: It's something really, you know, it's interesting about, okay, i less than a minute left, but please.
5: Oh, I just wanted to say in, in terms of moving forward, I mean, the, the Baltimore People's Climate Movement, which right. is a part of the Seeds of Rage right. uh, Collective, mm-hmm. has made a commitment to continue our work together because we feel like we have to be accountable to the coalition members who said, we're going to, if you're going to mobilize... Around the march, you got to keep yeah. mobilized around the other issues that can affect our communities. Exactly. So this, this is
0: very exciting to me, all of it, and I and I and I also am just always thrilled and enamored of all the young artists coming out of Micah who are just so deeply socially conscious. At least the ones I've met, uh, and the work that you're doing is really very powerful. So it's it's it's, it's it, 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 you know it's a good thing to feel and see. So let me remind folks. Uh, I want to thank our guest here today, Megan Buster. Uh, AK Ducky Dynamo, who's thank been in the studio you, thank here. You. Valeska Papula, good to have you in the house here. Love you to meet the two of you, Akia Brown and Torian uh, Monte Schiff. Good to have you both in the studio. And thank you. We'll be linking to all your work on our at steinershow.org so you can see what they're doing. I want to encourage everybody to uh, come out tonight.
2: Free admission tomorrow.
0: Free admission. Yeah. Uh, come out tonight uh, for the uh, poetry reading at Orleans uh, uh, Branch, of the Enoch Pratt Library. This is part of Split the Rock, our collaboration with Split the Rock uh, and the People's Climate March to show up there at 1303 Orleans Street. And then tomorrow night from 6 to 10 p.m., collaborating with this uh, wonderful collective, Seeds of Rage, uh, at the Motor House uh, from 6 to 10 p.m. at 120 West North Avenue, uh, free pizza and more, uh, and good art. Good, and so. Please come out for that. And I want to close with a memorial here. Uh, Last night, we lost a very powerful human being on the planet, Dr. Ben Barber, who was a dear friend and a collaborator that Tavis Molly, and I have been collaborating with. Um, And uh, one of our great thinkers wrote uh, uh, Jihad and McDonald's and wrote some other books and really understood founded the global parliament of mayors dealing with climate change and how cities were at the forefront of this. He lost a battle to cancer last night, has been a friend for most of my life, and I want to bid farewell to him in his passing and say we will continue to struggle uh, in your light, Ben Barber, and we will remember you always. So uh, having said all that, I want to thank you all for listening today and being part here of the Mark Steiner Show. It's good to have you all with us. The Mark Steiner Show and Soundbites of Productions at the Center for Emerging Media, made possible in part by a grant from the Town Creek Foundation. Yes, that same foundation. Our senior producer is Mark Gunnery. Our producer is Amani Spence. Our research producer is Calvin Perry. Our production assistant is Nadia Ramlagan. Our intern is Morgan Senior Michael Dixon. Our engineer is Andre Melton. Our theme music is Wyatt Wall Matthews of Clean Cuts. Send me your thoughts about today's show to talk at steinershow.org. To learn more about The Steiner Show and Soundbites, check out steinershow.org and podcast The Steiner Show and Soundbites. Share with your friends at steinershow.org or listen to us via your favorite podcasting app. And for your source for cool jazz and more, WEAA 88.9 FM, the voice of the community. I'm Mark Steiner. Stay involved. Take care.